Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dear Hollow Heroes. Oh my gosh, can I get through one intro without I didn't being... say I it. I synced it up perfect. I, I didn't did say it. Job. I mouthed it, though. It's funny that we all went for that. Well, first of all, I gotta say, I feel honored that it's just stuck in your guys' heads, but... Well, you do it so loud. <laughs> that is not that loud. For, what is it, 10.30 at night? It's considerably loud. And I have a headache. <laughs> That's your problem. Ah, uh, yeah, it is, because I had a headache, too, and I took a two-hour nap to get ready for this anime meatballs before I got here. So... Just flexing about a headache. Just airing his business. Yeah, it's, it's it's a burden to have to shoulder so much awesomeness here. Anyway. Have headaches take naps to make me balls. <laughs> <laughs> Just every Italian and dad. The Ben Petrick experience. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this has been a weird start to this podcast. <laughs> Coming soon to theater. Um, anyway, we're going to get straight... Into the stories, of course, I'm here with Meek Man Liam Meekum. What's going on, guys? And Rose Pierre Rob Kelly. Hey, that's me. All right. All week, the NFL world has been talking about the news that Robert Kraft has already made his decision on head coach Bill Belichick. After the loss to the Colts in Germany, 10-6, in what was a horrific game to watch, the owner had made up his mind to move on from the eight-time Super champion. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Six as a Patriots head coach. Do you believe this report? And after falling to Kansas City last weekend, does it seem like the end of the line is becoming a reality for Belichick? Okay, so, one, I think them falling to Kansas City is probably one of the least surprising losses of their entire season. Yeah. And shouldn't have been the one that really is the straw that broke the can. Yeah, we should have been talking about this after Germany. Which, you know, in all fairness, I'm pretty sure we did. I think we did. But, you know, it's pure speculation of one of the best head coaches football has ever seen. The best. One of, only because I don't want to give, you know, him all of his flowers yet. He's still in the league and still a Patriot. Okay. But I don't know how much of this is still... Well, actually, I think you just fire him as a... GM. That's what Keep I him think. As a coach. He should be fired. He should be fired. I think that's the decision. He should have been fired years ago as a GM. Yeah, he's been terrible. I think the only draft pick that has been good that I've seen in the last while, that was a early draft pick, obviously, has been literally the last year. <laughs> Christian Gonzalez, the only one he and played. The verdict's four, still and out. He's played four games. Yeah. So I think that that is a that is a true statement. And GM does he have any it. picks? He has a pick, right? Uh, what do you mean, Christian Gonzalez? Yes, I think he had two. Good. Yeah, too. He had the one on uh, Tua. I remember that one. But I, I think, in my opinion, after looking at this speculation, I think it's false. First of all, I don't think that he heard that it was that he made up his mind. Then I think he heard at best a angered Robert Kraft and said, "What am I doing?" And like you could see the wheels turning on it because I mean, any owner watching their head coach fall like this this year after what was a pretty. Even though a lot of people weren't ranking them high up on the totem pole, like in in New England they were ranking themselves high. So So does every team. Yeah, so when they fell like this, you as an owner you'd be a little frustrated, especially after that horrific game in Germany. So I don't think it's true that he's ready to move on, but I wouldn't be shocked if he moves on. And also, I think the Kansas City loss was actually more of a loss for Kansas City's reputation because they almost were down at halftime to that horrific team after dropping two straight. And it took just that that game, actually. As watching that game, I watching it from beginning to end, it is just brutal to watch Mahomes' supporting cast. Yeah, no, it's and I, maybe I, the worst in the league. And I have to say, including Kelsey. Including Kelsey. He is not playing well. No. Nobody's playing well. Did you... So, I, I'm going to transition a little bit to the Chiefs here. I know the question is about the Patriots, but this is just what's Please, been Please, let's on not my talk mind. about the Patriots. This let's is, talk about the Chiefs. Course, but this is what's been on my mind. I'll watch the second interception that was to Tavai, the linebacker. And it was a throw that was a drag route, which is one of the most textbook like. You just go three yards, run sideways, and get it's open. Easy. If it's zone coverage, at one point you're going to be open. Yeah. yeah. So he got open in between two linebackers. Two big linebackers, slow. Jawan Bentley and Jelani Tavai. And when he was in between, he caught the ball. And that's one of those plays that you just catch it. I think he was close to the first down, or at least could dive forward uphill, and he's got the first down. When he did that, 
He didn't do anything. He was so concerned about getting around Tavai that he caught it, juggled it, and it went right into the linebacker's hands. I, I cannot believe it. Well, that's something you see with bad tight ends, but you never see it from Kelsey. No, that Kelsey's, wasn't Kelsey. That was um, oh, Kadarius uh, Tony. You're right. It was Kadarius. Kelsey Tony. had also a bad play that I'll describe later, but that was Kadarius Tony. How is that guy still on the field? K- wide receivers should not be dropping balls, I, I, especially balls like that. Like he was uh, in un- and uncontested. That should not happen. But I mean, that's, what did you expect when you signed Kadarius Tony? Did they not watch film? I don't know if it's that they didn't watch film, but it's not like the wide receiver market was spectacular last offseason. DeAndre Hopkins was available. True, but most people wrote him off because he's old. you got to think anything is better than what they got. Now, my opinion, though, after watching that game, I think Kelsey had a ridiculous flop that wasn't called. He tried to get a pass interference. That just was an embarrassing flop. But in that game, I think you can tell that everyone just doubles Kelsey, though. So he's been ineffective, True. but with good reason, I but, feel like. so. You... I mean, you got to even look at the drop numbers, though, because there's been a lot of drops. True. So, and there's also the only receiver that's actually worth anything on that team. Rachie Rice. Is Rachie Rice. And he's a number three. He's a good three, an okay two. Yeah. And that's what you're working with. And that's your only receiving yep. target that gets open and will actually catch the ball. Yeah, because MVS can get open, but he's going to drop the ball. Um, Kadarius Tony, once he gets the ball, is shifty, but he can't catch Richie. the ball and he can't get open. And I think they have Sky Moore is just, Sky Moore is terrible. He's a, he's he's in my opinion, I think he's a receiving back, running back. It looks like sometimes and he's just, he's. It's kind of the same thing with with Tony, and so is Richie James. Every receiver out there is is. There's massive holes in the game. It's also probably just a thing where when you're on a team, when someone's playing real bad, it can be contagious. You know, especially let's say Kelsey is just having a down year and he bounces back next year. Which is totally possible. It is, but with of, his age, maybe not. I, I understand that, but he's still Travis Kelsey. It's not like he's let us down this many times True. in a single season before, right? He's still one of the best tight ends in the league. Sure, this year, not necessarily this year, but still in general yeah. with his career. And if all the receivers are looking to him as their number one guy, like you know, even if you're the number one receiver. Mahomes is looking to Kelsey first mm-hmm. every single time. And if he's having a down year, you're looking to one of your leaders on the team having a down year, and it kind of stumbles down. It it trickles down. Yeah. And you also got to look at maybe it's coaching. Maybe they're not stressing catching the ball. I, I don't know. It sounds ridiculous to say. But maybe there's just some kind of disconnect. I don't know. And I know we're getting so off topic off this question because we all can just agree that report. No way, it's true, and we all think that he it has could to be. be fi- he ha- it could be, but doubtful. Uh, but we all believe that he should be fired as a GM, shouldn't as a coach. But it's fifty-fifty yeah. if he will be. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he. I mean, we wouldn't be surprised, but also we wouldn't be surprised if he stays. Right. So we're all on the same page on that. You know, you know I, what would surprise me mm-hmm. is if he's fired his head coach but kept his GM. Imagine that. That would be the funniest option. That would be the worst option. But. This is something I also, uh, with Kit speaking of, because um, we're going to stick to the top stories now, uh, just a bunch of football teams. But the, so we have this struggle with Kansas City. Let's look at the other Super Bowl team. On Monday night, my goodness, first of all, my favorite Seahawk, uh, Julian Love, played yeah. so well. Giants against, legend Julian yes, Love. Yes, I love, I, I need that Seahawks. Jersey. He got the start because uh, Jamal, Adams. Jamal Adams was a healthy scratch. Yes, um, and look what happened. Yeah. He played better. I absolutely played better. Not so, a question. So, what do you think? So, who do you think is having a worse re, uh, little stretch here? Do you think the Chiefs receivers messing with Kansas City's mojo? Because the defense in Kansas City is phenomenal. Or just the the what's wrong with Philly? Like, the un. Kansas City is more concerning to me. Because I don't know. Philly, I think, is still a very good team. And they will probably show that in the coming weeks. A big issue that Philly has is that they're leaving their defense out for too long on the field. When they're on offense, they're not having long drives. If they're having a scoring drive, it's quick. And if they are having a long drive, it's at a pointless time in the game where the defense still isn't getting enough time to rest because then they'll just punt or it'll be a turnover, some sort of fumble or interception. The reason I think Philly's struggling is because, one, 
their defense is just gassed. They've they're playing more than any other team in the NFL. And I'm pretty sure they have the most minutes played as a defense in the league right now. Wow. Uh, if you want to double check me on that, you can. But I'm, I believe you're um, right because I saw that stat too. I think. Okay, so we're not a hundred percent, but I think he's right. Either way, I don't. Know, it could have been changed this past week, but regardless, before, it's before this past week, it was. And the offense isn't clicking on all cylinders. No, it, the line is. The line isn't struggling per se, but Jason Kelsey keeps getting a whole lot of false starts. He has. I think it's four in the last two weeks. Does he? I know he had one last night that was really rough. He had at least two last night, at least two last night. He tries night. to move the football forward when he's... No, last night it was actually he bobbed his head, and they called him on it. Ooh. Yeah, it was... A lot of centers do that, though. Yeah, it was It was a weird one that, you know, you can throw the flag, sometimes yeah. you can't. It, it's just one of those ones. And Jalen Hurts has just been inconsistent. His... Well, if you remember before last year, the whole thing with Jalen Hurts was he's good, he's accurate, but when he throws the ball downfield, he really struggles. And it's not arm talent, it's accuracy deep down the field. And his two picks last night, both deep down the field. And he likes to throw that ball, too. He it's does. It's not that... He's got a jump ball receiver in A.J. Brown like and a, a deep threat in... Uh, um, sorry, I'm blanking on his name. Devonta Smith. Like it's we it's an Julio. offense built to go down. Julio is so washed. It's an offense built to go down the field and quickly, but that's also part of their problem because their quarterback doesn't always align with that, and we've known that for a while now. And it also creates these scenarios where their defense is on the field a lot. So I I have to say I know this isn't the flaming question, which is going to be a new segment later, but I do have a take that is probably going to be unsettling to some of the listeners, is, man, I just don't think that Jalen Hurts is what we thought he was last year. Because I remember two years ago, I went to a Giants-Eagles game to which I saw Jalen Hurts play one of his early starts. And he looks exactly like that player I saw. And that player was terrible. The, no, the, it, he the bad Giants bad. beat him. The difference is, is he's not making the bad decisions that I'd say a rookie would make like he did. But the f- level of play, like non-rookie level play, That'll give you. is very concerningly similar. It's, the talent is still the question, not the decision making. Because I think he's actually turned into quite a good decision maker. It's just he cannot make the ball, the throw the ball deep. He has a turnover problem. And those two are... A recipe for disaster in this year's this this new NFL kind of format. You can't turn the ball over. Well, you can never turn the ball over, but you got to be able to throw the deep ball with effectiveness because all these receivers get open so far down the field. You got to be able to do that. And with the receiving core he has, that I gotta say, not Devonta Smith, but AJ Brown, who could easily get frustrated. You got to feed him, and you got to feed him down the field. And if he can't throw that ball, yeah. It just slowly starts to disintegrate. But I say that now, and the next week he's going to throw for 500 yards. Of course, this is all very early to be quitting on the Eagles. I know, but my problem is is it's like he's made all this money for this long of time, but we see that little kind of like kink that we saw in his rookie year a little bit. And also, you kind of start to think about what the Eagles faced starting into their run to the Super Bowl, which is... They didn't face much because, remember, a lot of injury-ridden teams. They barely beat bad teams. They've had a couple convincing wins. Like, I I will say they beat Dallas and they beat Miami, which were some good wins. But at the same time, they aren't as convincing as they were last year. But even last year, they weren't crazy convincing when you really look at it. I mean, they were phenomenal. They were the best team record-wise. But the competition hasn't really fully been there. And it starts to make you wonder... The Niners are healthy. They are the best team in the NFC. I would argue that, yeah. They're the best team in the NFC. Because the Cowboys have their problems, too. Oh, the Cowboys are so inconsistent. Uh, and speaking of, I mean... Uh, but before we get to that, okay. before we get to that, are we all good? I'm yeah, good, I'm yeah. Nice little, might, might as well made the game time Ben's poem, because that was a nice soliloquy there. But it's time for Stat of the Week. On December 17th, Steph Curry went 0 for 8 
on his three-point shots. This will end his 268-game streak of shooting at least one three-pointer, of uh, making at least one three-pointer that started on November 8th, 2018. The longest active streak now is Damian Lillard with 102 games. Now let's take a look. Let's go back and go back to November 8th, 2018. We were starting our senior year in high school. We've graduated college at this point. Yes. And Tom Brady was a Patriot with only five ranks to his name. It always has to be about the Patriots. Of course. And Giancarlo Stan finished his first year as a Yankee. Wow. So, I have to say, that long ago, also back then, we didn't know a thing about COVID. Like, it's been so long since Steph Curry did not make a three-point shot in a game. So... I have to ask this. Where does Steph Curry rank on your list of all-time NBA players? Well, one, kudos on a streak like that That's in awesome. general. He, that was the start of his uh, age 30 season. He's now 35. He so, made a three in every game for five years. Yeah, for five years. That is it's incredible. insane. you got to appreciate it. because We may never see somebody like that again. When it comes to ranking on all-time players, it's it's hard with a player like Steph. It is. Because, one, he's one of the best shooters NBA has ever seen. Pure shooters. Yeah. He's the, the best shooter. It, it, the, the best. Yeah, Not okay. close. Yeah. Okay, fine. But as long as we can agree. I didn't want to start some controversy. Yeah, no. It's easy. But then you look at kind of the rest of his game. He's a good passer. His defense is all right around where he needs to be. Yeah. but He's small. But he's small, and he's not, you know, he's not elite on every aspect of the court. No. Which other players have been in NBA history, where you can't necessarily put him in the top five, but but you could argue for a top ten or twenty. What you do have to look at is his impact on the games that he played was maybe more than any other player. Because when he's shooting that three ball and how dominant he was when he was in the game, he was unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable. His handles was very underrated. He made that offense run, and when he was shooting well, every shot went in. We're talking layups, mid-range, panic threes. I mean, everything went threes down. Threes from guy. the logo just because he wanted just to? Just because he wanted to. The, the amount he extended the range of the defense, like how far they had to play up, just pulled defenses apart. Like, it was so hard to play zone on him because he would space the floor. But then you couldn't play man on him either, because if you give him a shred of space, he's shooting the three and it's going in. You don't even need to give him that much space. And yeah. He'll still shoot with someone in his face. That's why I, I would say the question for me is less of where does he rank in terms of how good he was. What I look at is who was the most influential player on the game. And he has got to be top five for me. He changed the game Absolutely. with the way he shot his threes. Absolutely. Most, Every kid wants to be Steph Curry, and for good reason. Most influential players of the game, if you want to make it that list, well, number one still has to be Michael Jordan because he made the yeah. sport popular. Second has got to be LeBron James because, I mean... I would say. And third is where you start to wonder. You could argue Shaq. You could argue Steph. Well, you could argue, you you could know, argue a lot of the, the older guys that you know started the game. Not really but in, I, nowadays. In my opinion, that's just kind of... Since 2016... You got to do it first. Since 2016, the most influential player in the NBA has probably been Steph Curry. Yeah. Just because since everyone... Not LeBron? Since 2016? Not LeBron? Since 2016 oh, specifically. LeBron broke the points record since 2016. I understand. LeBron broken... made the comeback in 2016. In, was it 2017, 2016? 2016-17 season or 2015-16, regardless. Who's... Yes, but you also have to look at the way base, or no, I'm sorry, basketball has been played since 2016. The amount of people who are attempting the, th- the three, shooting the three. If we're talking... You have bigs now shooting threes. You got players who are six foot seven and taller now willing to practice and take these threes because they know they can change the game with enough of them. I think if we look at on the court, who affected the game most on the court, it's Steph. Now, we're talking off the court, LeBron is more influential. But, I mean, it's a it's a new game because of him. 
And it's yeah. I don't know, it's it's crazy to hear that the three point streak ended. And oh for eight too, he was really trying. Oh yeah. He was trying to keep that streak alive. But here's another crazy question though. Is Steph Curry the greatest shooter without Clay? Clay wasn't there. Yeah. Yes. But you do have another three, like the top five greatest shooters I think of all time. Lose, They're both there. You'll lose a good portion of the championships, but you're talking about maybe the. Maybe, and I know this got to be a little kink to the three point percentage. A little bit ridiculous to say just without one player, but maybe you're talking about the greatest player without a ring or like something like that. You're not. Steph isn't changing his shot because Clay Thompson's not there. If anything, he's taking more. More, of I agree. He's becoming more of a scorer. He's scoring more points. He's making more threes. He probably breaks a three record faster. Yeah. Without Clay, true. Because Clay's taking away because those shots. Because there's no reason to pass. The yeah. best shot is in his hands every possession. True. Now when Clay's on the court, maybe not. When he's hot, then now yeah. he's the best Except player. Except maybe when you had KD also well, on the team. Yeah, that was that's an outlier year. That was just an insane year. That was just that was just two years. <laughs> that was one of my least favorite years of the NBA. The two years that KD was there. Yeah. The first one or second? One? When not when the Raptors won, when they won. They won two years in a row with KD. It was two. It was a three-year run. Was it? Yep. Was it three years he was there? Yep. He lost the. He beat. They beat the Cavs in a gentleman sweep the first time. Yeah, that was. And then brutal. they swept them. That was terrible. And that was the greatest run I've ever seen by a player for a long time, which was LeBron's 2018 postseason run just to get swept because J.R. Smith forgot how to handle the ball. He pulled them through the playoffs just to, I mean, just to get wrecked by an unstoppable force. Yeah, but, you know, whoever won the East was just getting slaughtered. Was just getting destroyed. Yeah, but anyway. There was no shot. It's an immovable object versus LeBron. Yeah, <laughs> but, and LeBron tried, and they, and they almost won two of those games with just LeBron just carrying. But anyhow, I have to say, uh, after lo- looking at Steph Curry's like career, he's n- not the best point guard of all time. It's still Magic, but he's second. I'd say he's the second greatest point guard ever. Is there anyone else you could think of to rival it? I would say there's an argument he's won over Magic. I would say there's an argument. There's an argument, obviously. In I think today's Magic, league, was, Magic was a better all-around player. Yeah, in today's league, i go with Steph. But all-time, if it was just like rules of all-time, you'd probably Magic has got to be probably. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's question marks. There's question marks. There's question marks, man. Steph's I don't know. Better, Steph's better offensively, but... I would need to really look at the numbers. Steph's cause... better points-wise, but Magic's better as a passer. He's better defender. Pretty much everything but shooting. Yeah. But how big is the shooting? Exactly. Huge. Also, I think uh, just points in general, Steph's better, but everything else, Magic's better. Yeah. But congratulations to Steph on on a run. And make sure you guys stay tuned next week. We will have Steph Curry on the podcast to uh, play some (laughs) games with us. Could you imagine? Could you imagine we pulled a mid-season well, he, bro- he ended his threes record, so he doesn't really need well, to he practice. Retired. He doesn't need to practice. <laughs> He's starting a new one today. Fair. He's already made a three in this game. I just double-checked. They're playing the uh, like what, Celtics like, right now. Like how uh, Joe DiMaggio hit 56 in a row, right? 56? And then said, like, missed one and then hit, like, 30-something in a row. So he's going to go something similar. Um... No, he's just not going to miss a three till he retires. Damian Lillard <laughs> at the ripe old age of forty nine. Damian Lillard has to go play an entire season and a half, like without stopping, play every single game for a season and a half, and he'll be close. And, and make make at least one three. Make one three. He won't be close. He'll still be about a hundred off. Two hundred sixty eight. He has one hundred and two sixty four. Uh, one hundred and sixty six. Six. Yeah. Sorry. Quick so maths. Two, two full seasons he has to go without missing his three. I didn't know if we were going to get through that. Yeah. <laughs> Stat of the week really kind of messes my brain after a while. So I can't math after Stat of the week. Yeah, when you start Stat of the week, the math is thought to be already done. But once you bring up more new math, yeah, <laughs> shut right down. It's over. Well, let's get to the flaming question. Can we call it the burning, burning question? No, shut up. He shut you down so fast. I was ready. It's called the flaming question. Why? Because I said so. The Buffalo Bills slaughtered the Dallas Cowboys 31-10 last Sunday. Dallas falls to 10-4 and and 3-4 on the road, while the Bills improved to 8-6 and they are on a bit of a hot streak. Are you more impressed with Buffalo or more concerned for Dallas? 
Also a reminder, we did say a couple weeks ago that if Buffalo would only need to win one of the last two games they won in the past two weeks, and Miami would just need to lose one, which happened for them to have a shot at not only the playoffs, but the division. And it is wide open now for Buffalo. I don't know if it's wide open. It's still an uphill climb because they are sitting at ninth in the AFC. And they still are, they are what, two games behind Miami in the yeah. division? But look at the last three games. I think Miami has Baltimore and Dallas to face. I think Buffalo has New England and, well, first of all, it's an easy win. And they have another easy win. Out Chargers and... Yeah, that's two wins. Should so be. You're looking you at can't now, guarantee anything. You can't guarantee anything, but let's look at it logically. They're, unless they completely mess everything up. Which is possible. Which is possible. We've seen. But let's look at it optimistically here. Ten and six. I think Miami could maybe split, but they could easily go oh and two. Oh and two in that run. You're looking at even if they lose one, they're fighting for the division in last week. Or would they have the same record? It'd be a one game lead. All they need to do is be one game behind Miami. No, because I think Miami would still have the tiebreaker, no? Um, no, because it's a battle if they fight face off again. No, there it's it's a conference. It goes to a conference record. Conference record is favored Miami. I don't know. I don't. I know the Bills' conference record do, is nothing right. Is home it conference about. record first or is it division record first? That's what I meant. Division record. Division record. So Miami swept New England. I uh, I have it up right here. They're undefeated. Did, They're five and zero. Oh. They uh, should Miami, be right. No, Miami is four and one in division. But they lose two to, and two. Did they lose to the Jets one time? They did. Yes. There you go. Miami lost to the Jets. Yeah. No, Buffalo lost to the Jets. They both lost to the Jets. No. When did Miami pick? Literally, no. They never lost to the Jets. Who'd they lose to in their division then? Let me see. They swept New England. And they lost to the Bills. They lost to the Bills. Oh, all right. There you go. They lost to the Bills. But the Bills have also lost to... New England. New England and and the the Jets. Jets. So it would be tied. If so then I think it goes to conference record. They have to conference win. record. Miami is smoking them at seven and three to four and five. Wow. And so, that's if those two tiebreakers are. But I think if you beat your team twice, it depends. It depends on who's more. I don't know. I don't know if head to head matters though. I think that might be. I think that's like the last factor. I think it's yeah. It's late. Really? Okay. But so then, that they but there's still a shot they lose both though. For Miami. Oh no! It's still possible. They're losing to Baltimore. I think they will. I think they will as well. But actually, wait. Miami beat Baltimore last time they faced them. So it is. When? Didn't they beat them in the shootout last year to start the season? Who cares? It's a giant shootout. Yeah, true. We're talking about two different teams. True, true. But we have a whole different defense. How, are you impressed with Buffalo, though? Do you think Buffalo has turned it all around? Are you asking me? I'm asking both of you. I'm staring at you. I'm impressed that they scored this much against the Dallas Cowboys defense. That is one thing that shocked me. You know, they found a way to kind of silence Micah Parsons throughout the game. Which which, is shocking. Which is shocking, especially for how much, um, what's his face, the quarterback, whose name we said a couple of times, Josh Allen. Nathan Peterman. Oh, that's (laughs) what I meant. Case Keener. You know. Josh Allen faces a lot of pressures, and Micah Parsons is one of the best in the league yeah. at pressuring quarterbacks. Yeah. And the fact that they not only could get past that, but dominated past that is really impressive. The thing that is concerning about the Cowboys is that they only put up 10 against the Buffalo defense, which is something we've harped on on this show multiple times. Which is what? That their defense doesn't help Josh Allen. Their defense, I think, is okay. I think what, we, what we've we really harped on is the O-line, which we've talked about is very impressive that they were able to hold up, and the receivers disappearing, which Stefan Diggs did not play well. Here's a thing that I've also noticed in that game that was different. See, how the Buffalo offense operated was medium passes, uh, sometimes short, and sometimes deep passes that were complementary by once in a while a run. You know what they did against Dallas? They ran the ball an absurd amount of times. And James Cook played they, really well. They ran right down your throat, and to beat a good defense, that's one of the recipes. 
on top of it, to find a new way. I like this new style because Josh Allen isn't forced to do anything. What you're doing when you're making him pass that much is you feel like the game is in his hands. When you put him as a facilitator, look how good he was. He barely missed. He was phenomenal against an elite defense because he didn't feel all the pressure on his shoulders. Well, that's how Josh Allen really got his start to being an elite quarterback in the league. Was In his first year, you remember, he struggled a lot. And people were about to write him off. And then they were able to work in a lot more play action and get him a lot more easy looks, um, a lot more design plays to the tight end. They ran the ball more, and he was able to kind of settle into the offense, and then his arm was unlocked when they needed it. And then they kind of got away from that. They were like, all right, we got a really good quarterback here. Let's start slinging it. And it worked to a degree because he started throwing a lot of picks. What they need to do is go back to that original style of football where they're running the ball, they're running a lot of play action, they're getting him in a rhythm for the entire game. And then when they need him come the fourth quarter, that's when you start slinging it, and that's when you say, all right, Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He can go win this game for us. And most of the times, he probably will. Or at least get it to put it in your defense's hands. To win. Yeah, absolutely. It, I, I got nothing. And, all right, so <laughs> I started to speak and I just I, I just stumbled over my own words too much that I just. I would also tired. like to say that you guys wrote off the bills around week six. You guys, why don't I write off the bills? Specifically him. Oh, I know it's mostly him. But you were yeah, you were in the middle. But I like Miami more. Don't get me wrong. Uh, to win it all. To win the division. To neither win the division. Of them, neither of them winning at all. The bills are hot enough right now. Bills are hot enough to go, but they're not beating the Niners. They could. They're not beating. They they might they might beat the Eagles if they figure if the Eagles never figured it out and got another Mickey Mouse thing in Dallas. They could say beat. Dallas goes to the Super Bowl. Is that impossible? I mean, nothing's impossible any given Sunday, but I don't see. But Buffalo. who do you like to win it all? Who do I Buffalo like? or Miami? Who do I who would I pick to win it all? Uh, see, Miami I should say. I should say Miami, but my gut's telling me Buffalo. Yeah, you're dancing around the fact that Miami can't beat good That's teams. That's not a championship team. That's it's just, not. It's just a fun team. That's all it is. It's a winning, it's a regular season team. I don't see that as a postseason team. And they can't do anything without Tyreek Hill. It's just, they well, got... I mean, that Wa- offense. Waddle played good when he was out. Obviously, because who else is he going to throw to? Braxton Berrios? That's what, yeah, exactly. So... It's a running team, and they played the most destroyed franchise I think I've seen since the Browns and the Jets right now. By the way, the entire time when I, well, actually, when I saw the the score of the Bills game, you know, I was periodically checking it. The entire time, I was like, I cannot wait to come on the podcast and give you guys hell for it. <laughs> but I've restrained myself. Because you have a headache? Yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> All right, guys. So lucky us, I guess. <laughs> it is... It's not really you either. It's mostly him. I mostly argue with him about the Bills. No, I'm well aware. Yeah. I'm stuck between both of you in yeah. all of these conversations. <laughs> in is game time. And this week we are playing a game, should they trade or should they stay? We played this once before. I played it with just Rob. So Liam, this is your first time playing okay. this game. So I'm going to explain it again. Here I will list a, uh, a couple players that we will debate whether they should be traded. Cut or stay with where they are. In this game, we are the GM or owner of the organization, and we are making the choice. So you guys ready? Yep. Yeah. And of course, if you guys disagree, let us know on socials, obviously. So, first up, Mike Tomlin. I think you should trade it. I don't know how you're going to trade a head coach. But you, trade can trade head you can trade head coaches. You can trade head coaches. Yeah. Bill Belichick was traded to the Patriots. Belichick was traded. Huh, yep. I did Jets, not know that. Jets traded it to us. Yeah, there's very unique trades, like especially when you go back. And I know like older NBA, there were some really unique trades. Like you could, one, uh, I forget who it was, but one team traded financial advice for a draft pick. Well, that is Early, crazy. early NBA. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, it's it, there's some unique trades. Interesting, I did not know that. Yeah. But yeah, you can trade a head coach. Okay. Pretty much any asset that your franchise has can be traded. Hmm. Um, Mike Tomlin, stay. Mike Tomlin, I have a stay as well. What are you doing, Pittsburgh? Stop turning on him. 
It's the so second, not his fault. He's the third best coach in the league. It's they so already fired their offensive coordinator this season. Yeah. He's, he's the third best coach in the league. Get, go draft a quarterback. He's tied. He's tied for third. Right now, who's better? Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. I would say Andy Reid is. Then Mike Tomlin? Yeah. Right now, you mean? Yeah. Right. I, yeah, Belichick, there's some questions right now. That we already discussed. All time, obviously, it's not close. Belichick's the best. But right I, now, right now you could argue Tom because Tom is I, also younger, so you got him for the long term. I I don't know. I just I've never had a bad thing to say about Mike Tomlin. And I would say this. I've is my, had a couple. Well, yeah, you're a Ravens fan. This, That's remember, a good thing. Remember when he was on the field and tripped up one of our players? Fair enough. That actually did not like this. Other than that, this, I, I like the guy. This, other than that, he's a great yeah. he's a great coach. These are my head coach rankings: Bill Belichick, because at the end of the day. He has a bunch of scrubs on defense once again, and he's making them look good. So how can you... No one else can really do that. They're not making them look that good. Dude, they're the best defense in the league up to... How was your offense? Terrible. Horrible. That's... I'm not saying, but to be able to lead them... No, I, I get you it. You see my point. I, I, but this conversation is about Mike Tomlin, but, but, right? But on the, no, but let me let me finish. It's about then, the Patriots. Second is Andy Reid, because no one can make a play call like him. Yeah. Third is tied in my head with... You have Mike Tomlin, you have John Harbaugh, and you could add like Kyle Shanahan around there too. Mike McDaniel's, I think you got to throw in there. He's too, it's too fresh. Too, too young. Too I, young. I, I I agree, but it's too it's too early to me. I but, I do like him though. Um, we've been watching Hard Knocks. <laughs> no, I've always liked him. That day he was hired, actually, I said this guy's gonna blow up. Yeah, but uh, I I just he's got to stay. He's got to stay. I don't I don't get what Pittsburgh. No, is. yeah. Next up is Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors. Time to tear down the dynasty. Cut. You gotta get rid of him. He's. Terrible. I think you gotta get rid of him, and I think you gotta gotta start finding a replacement for Clay. Yes. Clay has not been good. You gotta you gotta cut Draymond. Get you him need, out of there. You need help. Well, in Golden State, Draymond is currently suspended indefinitely. Yeah. Got him. He's yeah. got to go through what is it like anger management or something like that? Yeah, a- anger management for being what the is that biggest bully it's, on the court. It, it, it's a bunch of. Boxes to check off. Like, it is a bunch of boxes to check off, but even with controversies in the NBA this year, suspending Draymond the most amount of games out of any other player with all the controversies that have happened in the NBA over the past Who year, are you referring two to? years. But you got to remember the league handles the stuff on court and they just yeah. follow. Because who, who are you referring to? Well, in who's. Uh, who ja. is it? They're about to play. Jaw off the court. They was Jaw. I think. I think the suspension was perfect. But I don't know you if indefinite it. is the right answer, because you're saying I think indefinite is until you are evaluated and have found help, which I think again, I think they hit it right on the nose. It's not you're suspended forever. No, it's just suspended I, I know until it's you're not because Adam not Silver forever. Adam Silver wants him back. I think Adam Silver is actually quite good at these suspensions. He doesn't hand out too many unnecessary fines. I think he is pretty good about suspending players. When they need to be suspended, and he feels that it will improve their on and off the court decisions and issues and image, I think he does suspend them, and he suspends them appropriately. He keeps the brand good, and he keeps them happy. I think he's good at that. He's fair. Why was now the breaking point for Draymond then? Because it's three times in one season. It was usually once or twice an entire season. Yeah, because Draymond in... Draymond's always had problems with it, but it's always been either excusable, not excusable, but you could come up with an excuse, you know what I'm saying? Or it's been less in your face, more sporadic. See, now it's like, it's a pattern. It's every. It's been once a month. You're, he's... I mean, since the Jordan Poole punch, he, it's every day you're, you feel like you're hearing something Draymond did. Okay. And he's becoming worse at basketball and worse off and on the court. You know what I'm saying? No, I understand. So you got to get rid of him. I say cut him. I, I, say cut I don't him. know if you can cut him. you got to look into the financials. I don't cut think him. anybody would take him. Exactly. Cut him. Well, you, well, you have to see if someone would take him. you yeah, you, you got to gotta shop him first. Obviously, but. Well, obviously no one's taking him, so you got to cut him. You can't well, have you know, that kind you of never guy know. He could go through therapy and become a better player for it, and you could probably trade him off. Stop playing good cop. Cut him. Anyway. If we all played bad cop, this would be a terrible show. Yeah, but let's all be back. It's fair. Right. <laughs> Number three, Saquon Barkley. 
Well, you can't trade him. So you got, either got to say cut or keep. You keep him. That's tough. Because I love watching Saquon. I think he's a good dude. He's a good giant. Somebody you like to root for. But also, he is a running back, and he is going to need a lot of money. I think you keep him until you can't anymore. It's as simple as that. And the only reason you do that is because the Giants have had a rotating face of the team, especially at the position of quarterback. You need someone consistent who will be there, whose jersey you can sell, and people know he will show up. I agree. But... That's Daniel Jones. It's not Daniel Jones. Someone who will show up and be there every game is not Saquon. His injury history is the biggest question mark for me. But it's not that he's not... Now, when I said show up, I don't necessarily mean because of injuries. Yeah. But you can tell every game he's putting in all the effort. Absolutely. And I don't think, you know, as a fan base, when you're looking at players like that, you can necessarily hark too much on the injury aspect, at least from the angle I'm trying to look at it from. Of like, you need someone who's on the team, who's kind of the face of the team, and he's your guy. And for the Giants, it's Saquon. As a fan, I agree with you. But in this exercise, if I'm a GM, I think you got to get rid of him and you got to build. You got to build for the future. And that hurts my heart to say. It really does. But I think you have to get rid of him. It's fair to him, though, because you're too much. You're too many years. He's not going to ever see a championship. No. But, I mean, he wants to stay a Giant. He does. So if you can get a hometown discount, you take it. But at his projected asking price, it's going to be too much. I'm on cut. Now a rehash, because he was on the first attempt as well. So he's on the first game of should they trade or should they stay, is uh, Kirk Cousins. Should you trade, cut, or keep him? It's tough because you got to look at injuries here again. How old is he? 30, like almost mid-30s. You looking it up? Yep. Cool. Here's my thing. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league when he's playing. He has now two number one receivers on his team. 35. He has an emerging running back. The defense has been playing really well. You look at the next year, you sure up that team, you fix the kinks in your armor, sign him to a two-year deal, you get a Super Bowl out of Minnesota. You play short-term with the talent you have. With short-term Kirk Cousins here, if you get rid of him, you have to rebuild. You have to start, develop a whole new quarterback, Figure it all out for the next three years. So I would say I do agree with you, but it's a little bit different on the reasoning. I would be so much more on board to get rid of them if they had a decent draft pick. But they don't. They're a borderline playoff team at this point. They're in the playoff picture right now. Yeah, but they're on, on the border. They're on the, they're the wild card, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it's know that. It's the wild card. That's, it's that's still the border. border. Either way, we're on the same page. They're a wild card team. If they had maybe a losing record and they, they were struggling, get rid of him. But if he comes back, this is a good team. If we see Kirk Cousins as we know him, he if he can just get the ball to Justin Jefferson, if he can get it to Jordan Addison, if he can get it to, I don't even want to say Alexander Madison, but sure, we'll go to Hawkinson. whoever's there. Yeah, and Hawkinson. Hawkinson is arguably the best tight end in the league right now. Hawkinson's no, Hawkinson's very good. Him and Laporta are going back and forth. Yeah, two lions. Two lions. Who would have thought? Um, yeah, it's a talented team. Their O line needs shoring up. Their defense certainly needs shoring up. But I think Kirk Cousins can be your answer if it's for the right price. I think the only reason you would trade him is if another team asks and you can get a great deal for him. Well, this is another guy that you would need to do a sign-and-trade for, kind of like Saquon. So trading's largely off the table because nobody wants to really trade for a 35-year-old quarterback. Um, Jets would. Jets would not. They have Aaron Rodgers coming I know, but you get the point. Yeah, but I think Aaron Rodgers kind of hurt that market a little bit. He came in for one play and got hurt. Four. Now, fine, whatever. But now you see age really can affect a... You know, your trade value. Um, And he's not as dominant as Rodgers either. No, no. And I think you you, you keep him because he's been consistent enough for you. He he has this injury. Locker room guy, too. Yeah, locker room guy. The players love him, clearly. And, you know, I don't think, you know, 
if you're the Vikings trying to trade him away, if you're saying we want to trade him, you're not going to get anything from him because people are like, why do you want to trade away your 35-year-old quarterback? But you're also not going to get many calls. But but if you do, that's why you would trade him. You're not trading him because you want to trade him. You're trading him because this team gave us a call and we got a steal for getting rid of him. Yeah, I don't see it, though. All right. I think that you should keep him. I, I already said why. So, last and certainly not least is Bill Belichick because he's been the topic of of everything on the show. You found a way to put him into every single segment. Every so segment. Not the next Every one. week we come to Ben, we're like, Ben, you know what? We have one problem with the show. Great show. Great, great job. You talk about the Patriots too much. He goes, you know what? I hear you. I understand. We're going to fix it. Next week I'm going to come back. We're going to talk minimally, if anything, about the Patriots. That's what he said. He said, Liam, I promise you, you have my word. Every week. And every week he's disappointed. So... I have to That's say, why though, we're changing. You, you you put a skeleton in my bed, so huh? That was, wasn't him. That was you. No, it wasn't me either. Who did it? Oh, people, other roommates did it. Yes. So I went to a skeleton in my room and said, "You know what? Now it's Patriots talk time." So you, you just go. assumed it was Liam. Yeah. Is it that wrong for me to assume that you'd put a bat through a skeleton and then put the skeleton with a bat inside of it in my bed? Alright, this is really weird for a viewer that can't see what we're talking about. But, but right next to us is a skeleton with a bat straight through it. Yeah, no, I I had no intention of doing that. It's a fake skeleton. I feel like we should just add that caveat. They got it it was bought at Target. Now you got people Was it bought at Target? I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's pretty high quality for how much does that cost? Now we're now know. we're really Bye. getting off topic. <laughs> Trade Bill Belichick. <laughs> Trade? You say trade? Yeah, sure. Get something for him. They don't. They're not happy with him, anyways. Caught him. Wait, Got what's, him. what's he done for the team? Yeah, what's he ever done? All right. Can I just give you a hypothesis really quickly? Because uh, I assumed if, you would. So hear me out. So the Chargers, I think, have like the seventh, like a top uh, ten pick, right? And Chargers are in need of a head coach. You're not getting a top ten pick for him. Now hear me out. Now hear me out. I would only I would only accept this trade if this would happen. Bill Belichick for um, the first round pick next to this coming draft. And hold on, yeah, I, uh, let me finish. Okay, and he wants to draft first. Marvin Harrison on a quarterback. Yeah, to that I knew what he was going to awesome. say already. I have a Drake question. Drake May passing to Marvin Harrison Jr. to the end zone touchdown Patriots in 2024. I understand that the concept of this is that we are the GM. But I, I have a question for you. What? If you trade Bill Belichick, who's the GM in trading him? I said or owner. I, I understand that. But but does he keep his GM job if he trades the coach version of himself? These are the Dude, questions you, you need to ask. He's the GM, He's the the GM of the Patriots, but the but head the coach of the Chargers? <laughs> I would, a little bit of a conflict. Of I would love to see that. <laughs> Uh, Bill Belichick trades Matt Judon to the Chargers for cash considerations. Jeez, I'm crow. That'd be funny. There it is. That's bingo. Alrighty. Well, I apologize for the massive Patriots talk that I'm getting crapped on for. But that'll end game time. And Did I is... win again? <laughs> no one wins in this one. Um, I gotta say, though, I did a little bit of stat keeping. Uh, stat time part two. You've never lost in a competition, Liam. I I did. I was aware. Yes. That is. We've un- had some close calls. We've had some really un- good battles. Yes, last week was the closest it's ever been. No, there's been some good ones. Yeah, there's been yeah, some thanks, Ben. I appreciate that. Just- you got to step it up because we got some locks and upsets we're going to talk about that soon. But first, we have comment time. All right, now I got a couple comments here that are fairly controversial but I'm going to lead off with a little special comment that I'm going to ask is from Neve. Neve, what comment do you have? Now I don't know much about sports but I view fantasy sports as the male version of like a middle school girl playing a dating sim. The only difference is they're allowed to put money on it. That's all I know. That wasn't a vo- uh, voice recording. She just was here. Could you imagine if they're all voice recordings? The male version of a dating simulator. Like, I get it. 
It makes sense. Can I ask, what is a dating simulator? What do you think a dating simulator is? It's just kind of... Figure it out the way. It well, I got sounds. the gist of what it probably is about. But so there you go. Like, There's yeah, your that's answer. All you right? Like that's just that's just it. It's just that's I would the assume game. it simulates yes. data. That is the most. I'm sorry, but that is the most boring game that could ever possibly be. Can you like get into fights in the dating simulator? And, How like, would I know? And like, do you think I'm playing? Can you get married, get divorced, and take the kids? Get out of here. That's actually you can do yes. all this stuff. I'd be the most toxic. You guys have never heard of Mystic Messenger before. I would be so toxic, bro. I would cause the most dramatic crap. Sorry. Well, that's what you're doing in our fantasy league right now. So true. Case in point, right there. Sorry, guys. Speaking of fantasy league, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I think, but I think the money aspect is a big part of it. Yeah. Well, it depends because not all of them are for money. Not all of them are for money. I think the ones that aren't for money are the ones that are closest to the dating simulator game. Yeah. Only no. because you're doing it for the pure joy of it all. No, because no. about competition too, but you can argue that in the, the simulator. But also all What's the competitive in the simulator, simulator you, you want to win. For. How do you win? Get married. By having like the good life or whatever. But is that or, winning? Or winning the or kids. Or money winning. It's <laughs> <laughs> on your choices. Dang, this is this is a really deep conversation. Yeah, we have, we got a real thinker of a comment here. Um, I'm gonna say maybe as my wise thought out answer. That's the most gray area answer. answer. I'm gonna on. say, well, I, hey, I'll elaborate. I think potentially it could be, um, depending on certain things. I'm gonna say maybe. I think it is <laughs> so similar, just because of how many people will say they have their hearts broken by DeAndre Swift. Or by Travis Kelsey, like people are so emotionally involved with their fantasy okay, that's football That's a good teams. argument. That's true. I'll give you that's that. That's a good argument. I'm on. That actually convinced me because I was gonna say no, but I was like, that's true. Because even when my team sucks, I get emotional. So about you're the gonna players. stick with my firm gray area? No, I'm going yes. Oh wow! Flipped yeah. him completely. Flipped me completely because I was like, what reason do I have for no? And I was like, well, I actually have a really good reason for yes. So, next comment is by Javier. Javier said, Derek Jeter is not deserving of all of his gold gloves. There are so many better defenders than him. So I'm just going to say this off bat because I don't have too much to talk about here. I have heard this before. I've heard this a couple times before. And I've never had the honor of watching Derek Jeter really. Um, maybe here and there. But I don't know. I would like to hear the non-biased answers. All right, let's start with the most non-biased Yankee fan in the room, Rob. So Derek Jeter, uh, if if there is the greatest defender of all time. <laughs> no, he's not. never misses. <laughs> he's not, and I'll admit that he's not the best defender of all time. But he is still one of the greatest shortstops of all time, and his defense is a major part of that game. His range was some of the best you could see from a shortstop. He dove into the stands. He made plays in the outfield. One of his most iconic plays is the flip towards home plate where he covered from short to the foul side of the first baseline to flip the ball to the catcher. And he had the awareness to make these plays. He had one of the best IQs of a shortstop That's what baseball has ever seen. Didn't he his also have a decent amount of errors, though? Yes. but His talent wasn't there, but his IQ made up for it. And you play 20 best. years, you're going to have a decent amount of errors. Okay. But he he was a very smart defender, and I think that's why he is not anywhere near close to the worst. Now, I understand that, you know, Javier, thank you for listening to the show, even though you're a hater on Derek Cheater. Um, He's an Astros fan. Oh, Javi, I'm so sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Also, one thing I just want to say, Gold Glove has almost never really been about defense. Gold if you, glove, look at, you look back at who's won the Gold Gloves historically, it is almost never actually about The Gold about Glove is the biggest sham of an award of all time. Yes. And it feels like it should mean so much. I, it sounds like it. Who does it go to? Whoever. It's, it's whoever. It's whoever looks decent at defense because... Most of the people who give out these awards, there aren't really stats for defense besides errors and outs made. It's the, it's such an eye test, and and that's exactly what it is. And it's whoever passes the eye test. And a name is always going to get it over a no name. Exactly, and it's the stuff like you know you're going to have Derek Jeter who will play as many games as he can, play 157, 150 games every year, and he will be at shortstop every single time, and he will make those high IQ plays every time now is he gonna make the tough plays where it's a bullet right to his right and he has to die for it not necessarily 
But if there's a play you have to think about it for even half a second, he will do better than any other shortstop at that. Fair enough. I say, yeah, I agree with Rob. I think he's not deserving of probably all of his gold gloves, but I also believe that he is the smartest defender in, in his generation, if not one of the best and IQ-wise. But also, he is very much a... He wasn't the talent that a lot of these shortstops have fielding-wise. He wasn't fast like that. He wasn't the like flashy glove and like cannon arm, but he just... He didn't make that like wrong play. He never costed his team that often. Just real quick, just because I wanted to see. So Fangraphs is one of the biggest sites for baseball for statistics. And here are just a couple of names that they place over Derek Jeter. And this is when he won all of, most of his gold gloves, if not all of them, between 2005 and 2010. That's when he won the most of his gold gloves. Some names above him. Orlando Cabrera. Uh... Alexi Ramirez, Elvis Andrews, Juan Urbai, Miguel Teja, Carlos Julian. Who? Exactly. Now I knew where his point was. I was helping. It's fair enough. So it, it helps that he's Derek Jeter of the New York Yankees. Yeah. No, it certainly does. Well, next comment we have is by Cindy, who is my mother. And Did we just skip the middle one? Yeah. That's for next episode. Um, the next comment is by Cindy. And she said, uh, Any team that is under 500 should not be allowed into the playoffs. They are not a winning team. Also, why would a team that was 11-5 and miss the playoffs for an 8-8 eight and eight division winner? 2018, pa- 2008 Patriots and Chargers. So, like, that's when the Pats went 11-5, and five, missed the playoffs because the Chargers at 8-8 eight and eight got in. Which I've seen before with the Panthers, like, 8 and, like... Yeah, sorry, they got in with a losing seven, record. 7-8-1 got in, and, like, a winning team didn't. Now, I understand, especially, you know, if you're a Patriots fan and that happened to you and you missed the playoffs like that, you had a better season than them, it sucks. But I enjoy that aspect of football, personally. And it's more of an opinion thing than anything. Um... I just like that there's a little bit of variability in who makes the playoffs. You have to do, you have to find your way into the playoffs. Yes. There's different ways to do it. You can win your division. You can sneak into the wild card. You can be one of the best teams in football and still have to go through the wild card. Just like you're going to see the Cowboys or Eagles have to do. There can only be one team that wins the division. If you handle business in your division... You get a playoff berth. And I personally enjoy that. I totally see the other argument. Something that I think is really fun, you know, I'm agreeing with Liam here, is that there's always going to be a worse team to make the playoffs. No matter what sport, no matter what year, there's going to be a worse team in the playoffs, at least record-wise. But then, that team could go on to do great things. Absolutely. We saw it just in this last World Series with the Diamondbacks going all the way to the World Series while having one of the worst records in the playoffs. It's just part of the sport that adds A little bit of a question mark, yeah. A question mark, some excitement. Because once you hit those playoffs, it doesn't matter if you're you know 5-11 or whatever your record may be. You can still win every game. you got to do what you got to do. And I, like, just like we'll use this example in 2008, Patriots missed the playoffs at 11 and five. Yes, they probably on paper should have been in the playoffs, but what they didn't do is they didn't win their division. That means they probably lost some big game, big games in there, and they were not able to win the games that they absolutely needed to win. And the Chargers, even though they were eight and eight. They did enough to make it in the playoffs. And personally, I enjoy it. I see your reasoning, and, and that 2008 uh, ideal, I agree. If you at least go 500, if you are under 500, you are 7, 8, and 1, and now you can be 8, 9. No. I don't see... It's a winner's bracket. It is for winners to be in there. You did not win more than you lose. You're not a winning team. Why are you in? If you're 500, fine. You won the division. But if you win the division under 500, you are you are a loser. You lost. A winning team should be in there. The winner should be there, not a loser. I have to disagree with you. I don't think but you then, can. I don't think you can scrap the whole 
system well, just can. for a couple of years. It's not changing. It's not changing. But my thing is, I agree with the that they shouldn't. I I really agree with the thought that it's kind of, it's lame. It's lame that a team that's a loser goes into the winner's bracket and a winner has to sit out because the loser beat the other losers. Because the loser beat the really bad losers, which is basically uh, NFC South every year recently. Ex- except for 2015 and 16, it's been the NFC South. Actually, actually, I take that back. There's, there's, it varies every year. There's, there's a, different yes, divisions. There's let's, the NFC let's not harp on but which I, division. Yeah. I, and, I, and I think something that, you know, not... The divisions are what makes football so fun because you have all these divisional rivalries. You have all these games that matter because they're in divisions. Mm -hmm. If the Ravens played the Steelers every year, twice a year, and those games didn't matter because only your overall record counted, that wouldn't be one of the the best rivalries in football. So you take the good with the bad. You get you get the great rivalries. You get the games that really make football football, and sometimes bad teams sneak into the playoffs. And if they will be weeded out, if they truly do not deserve to be there, they will not advance. They always get destroyed. And if they truly deserve to be there and truly have a shot to win the Super Bowl, they'd be in the playoffs. Those are the games that matter most. The division games. I, I can see your point with the division games and things like that. I just I can't stand when a team that just lost you, you can go make the playoffs at six and eleven. You can make the playoffs at one and seventeen or one and sixteen. That's impossible because they're asked, you have to fair win. enough. You have to win. You would have to win four. I think you, yeah. You think you have to win four? Maybe five, but yeah. Three, because if you split, everyone just split with each other. Yeah, you can win. Oh, there you, you can go. get in. You can get in with three wins. Three wins. Yep. Three wins and score more points than them. Yep. So, I I I think that's terrible. But but does that team have a shot to win the Super Bowl? No. So then, what does it matter? That the other t- that the team that potentially did have a shot to win the Super Bowl. I know, don't get me better. wrong. Two thousand eight is a bad example because Tom Brady wasn't even on the team. Uh, so they probably didn't have a shot to win the Super Bowl. I but, I think it's funny that even in the comments. We found um. <laughs> a, a Patriot segment. Uh, the fact that he hasn't brought up Bill Belichick yet is yeah. really the icing on the cake. And it just shows how great of a coach you've been. you got to have for Bill Belichick. <laughs> of course. We're done. All right. That's actually the on. Belichick sweep, as we like to call it, in every category. <laughs> if I mentioned him in locks and upsets, it's just... It's... I'm taking the Patriots this week because Bill Belichick. <laughs> all right. So, locks and upsets going to be a little bit different. Before we get into it, I want to say that next week's episode will not be about the Patriots. It will be game time all the time. It will be our holiday episode where we do a final showdown of a bunch of games played. There will be one new game and four old games. There will be the showdown for who is the champion at all these games that we play. But our locks and upsets this week, our final locks and upsets, and we will announce the locks and upsets champion next week. And I won't mention the totals at all for this week. Our locks and upsets will be about the games next week. Okay. So, who wants to go first on their locks? Okay. Uh, do I do I have to pick an individual game from whatever next you want? Week? It is whatever you want. Can I look at what the games are? I don't. The games yeah, is that allowed? Game so game no. So game one. <laughs> Tell us what the games are. Game please. one is going to be called. Um, I already forgot. Um, game one is going to Game one is look. Game one is called "What's Their Journey." Game two is through the numbers. Game three is top three. Thought that was fitting. Game four is game four is a grid, impossible grid, and game five is you know ball. I'll win game four. That's my luck. You're gonna win a grid. Yeah. Um, I I hate to be that guy, but you took my lock. <laughs> You're not gonna bet on yourself. <laughs> well, I was gonna pick myself for the upset <laughs> because, as Ben pointed out before the show, I haven't won. Liam, is, I am the upset oh here. God, Liam dude. is favored in every single one. I, I think through the numbers, I have uh, Liam as a lock here. 
I'm going to pick that instead of the grid. <laughs> and uh, since I'm just going to say what my upset is here, I think I'll upset him with the grid this time. Okay. All right. Got a lot riding on that grid now. Well, I was just going to fl- It would really depend on what your lock was going to be. I was just going to pick the opposite, pretty okay. much. My lock is Liam gets three wins. Liam wins. My upset is I get four wins. Uh, yeah, that's probably is a... Uh, I'd say that's an upset. Um, Can I put an extra $10 bet down that he just sweeps me? <laughs> <laughs> I'll still try. I'm not Pete Rosing this. Like I will give it my all. But I keep losing... <laughs> My he, upset, he made him harder next week. My upset is Rob wins. Uh, Rob wins through the numbers. Uh, so Rob's gonna try. I just it's the odds are stacked in his favor. So, Even the one game I came did you, closest to winning, I lost in overtime. Did you bet on him for the one game he said I would win? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, he just fully believes you're winning. Grid. Grid is probably the most. Uh, I'm good at grid. The grid's going to be the toughest hill to climb for Rob. Oh, can I add a, a third lock here since I already you know, had an extra? Uh, ben will just talk through all of the games. Uh, another lock, Ben will mention the Patriots despite it not being an episode where we talk about anything other than games. I can imagine the grid not even having a New England team on there, but it'll bring up, you know, you could have put Bill Or Belichick better yet, square. they're all just New England. <laughs> What's their journey? And they're all just doing it from this time period to this time period. <laughs> just life. Uh, I'm, okay, I'm done talking. All right. <laughs> I could go on for he hours. He was going to start talking about life. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, he, was, he, he, he read the Robert Kraft autobiography and he's never stopped talking about it. Oh my god, he hasn't. So, on page four, and you know, um, Alright, I would like to thank you all for listening. You can follow us on our socials at Dear Hall of Heroes. You can also email us to DearHallofHeroes at gmail.com. Message us and let us know what you think of the topics we discuss. Or a take of your own. Listen to us on most platforms where we get your podcast. Thank you for being Rob, and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Tune in next week. See you later. Alligator. <laughs>